In case you haven't heard, Uppercut is currently running a Kickstarter campaign through the month of March to fund our freelance budget for a calendar year. With this budget secured, we'll be able to pay two freelancers a month at a rate of $125 per piece, guaranteed through April 2023. If you like what we do here at Uppercut and want to help support providing more writers with a home for their work, please consider pledging. The link is in the episode description and all over our Twitter. Welcome to Knockout, the official Uppercut podcast. Here we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. I'm your host, Ty Gallizrow, and joining me today, we have two very special guests, both from Kotaku.com. Please welcome Jeremy Winslow and Isaiah Colbert. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Tired. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly tired. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's it's the weekend. Mm. Um are how's it how's how's your how's your gaming life going? Are y'all doing anything fun mm. there? I will let Jeremy start because I think Jeremy has probably been doing more gaming than I have recently. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh I just actually beat the Stranger of Paradise demo. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, Kotaku.com has a good write-up on it by Isaiah himself. And mm-hmm. he really touches on the tonal absurdity. How it oscillates between hyper-serious but then extremely silly at the same time. And it kind of leans into that. That game is hilarious. Really stoked oh, about yeah. that full release. Um, and then just lots of Elden Ring. Getting killed a lot. I think I hate that game. <laughs> I have also started playing the Elden Ring. Um, I don't know the if I Elden hate it Ring. yet. But I'm, uh, I have gotten my ass beat several times. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, not the funnest time, you know. Um, I like playing my games. Not getting killed in my games all the time. It's not fun. But for some reason, I keep going back to it. I guess my glutton for punishment or something. But are you what about you, Isaiah? Though? Oh, no, no. Answer my question first. Are you maidenless, though? I, I hear that's the big thing in the Elden Souls there. Um, I'm not going to answer... Oh, okay. All right, all right. Keep your secrets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, me, on the other hand, I um, obviously also played uh, the Stran- uh, Stranger's Paradise uh, demo. Wrote a, wrote a little thing in the diddly-doo for Kotaku for my impressions about it. Um, I saw somebody do a like comment on our website. Usually, they're, um, sometimes they're like, um, some pretty funny comments. So I found one where um, somebody was like, so I'm hoping this is like, this video game goes down as like the room of like video games. I'm like, yes, exactly. Yes, that. I was like tempted to like call that shot in the piece. I'm like, I'm already kind of referencing like too many things in it. I didn't want to <laughs> go overboard with my editors because like usually I'm just like, yeah, 
I think originally in my draft of that, I was like going to make like a Gurren Lagan reference where I was like, believe in, I believe in the me that believes in you that believes in chaos, Jack. And I was like, I feel like that's a bit, it was a bit much. So I was like, I'll, I'll not do the room reference there as well. Um, but besides that, um, haven't really been playing a lot recently. Um, I've been watching my friends play Elden Ring over Discord. Like they, it like has a thing where like you can like, watch multiple people stream at the same time so i've like had moments where like as soon as i get off of work i like join my friend's discord calls and like have three different like version like streams of them playing in like three different areas where i'm like kind of overstimulated, be like oh i'm like reacting to something but it's like one of the three but i'm not discerning which one so they're like what what are you talking about so i've been doing that um pretty much on and off for like the last couple of weeks um, I'm going to be doing a review for an up and coming game sometime next week. That's all I'll say about that. But yeah, um, it's, it's mostly just been me, um, just reading manga, honestly, for the past couple of weeks. But, um, there, there's a bit of a reason for me kind of getting back into that, that swing of things, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get to later on with this, this little thing that we're doing here. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to kind of start getting into that you all just participated in a strike yeah my my first strike actually <laughs> yeah same yeah i feel like most people our age are not accustomed to like actually having to do strikes no not at all that's very true like i feel very fortunate because my sister has worked for SCIU, which is a very big Northern California union. Um, so I'm familiar with unionization and union efforts, but I never thought that I'd end up being on strike. It's wild. Mm. And for me, at least, I'd like been used to like the like not covering the beat necessarily, but like paying attention to the beat for like in Chicago, like the um Chicago Teachers Union, uh, whenever like things would go on with that, which is which was very very frequent. Um, um, I think if, even leading up to um the pandemic, so I'd like gotten my feet wet with like you know going out and like reporting things like um like early in the morning when people were at the picket line and like by like different neighborhoods and stuff and like kind of like getting a feel of it from like the other side, but um doing it um from I get at least um one like doing it like maybe like what we're like seven or eight months in on the job at this point and already like um having to have to participate in strike was uh pretty wild yeah so i guess to get started here why did kotaku go on strike uh you can go ahead and take that isaiah if you feel if you feel comfortable yeah i was gonna say you were like kind of the the guy that front lines for it so you might be a little bit more equipped for it i was just the guy in the chair okay. <laughs> for the back lines yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you can go to gmgunion.com to learn exactly why we went on strike and the contract that we just won for the next three years, which has a lot of really net, really good net positives for the lower tier workers and everyone else as well, so definitely hit the website but the reason why we went on strike was because our contract expired but as we were negotiating management wasn't bringing any um 
worthwhile proposals to the table. They weren't negotiating in in good faith. So, um, so what ended up happening was a lot of stalled talks between the bargaining committee and management. All of those stalled talks led to our contract expiring, and because we had a no strike clause in our contract, we couldn't strike because our contract was still intact. So since management wasn't giving us what we needed, which were very basic demands, considering that a lot of us live in New York, things like equitable parental leave, higher salaries, higher minimums, specifically minimum salaries, uh, pay increases across the board, you know, fair cost sharing between uh, uh, yeah, management and the worker. Because they weren't giving us anything like that, and our contract expired, we said fuck it and went on strike. So ultimately, it just came down to management not respecting us as workers and willing to pay us what we're worth when our investors, you know, the, the private equity firm that owns Go Media, Great Hill Partners, just fundraised, what was it, $4.65 billion at the start of this year. So, like, I know that's like a lot. No, it's a lot. But I mean, (laughs) that's what that's what we wanted, right? Like, we want you know the Mm -hmm. like breakdown of what happened. Um. So when you like when you first um, you know, like signed on with Kotaku, um, what was the process of like becoming part of the union like? If I remember right, it was actually pretty automatic, right? Because uh, you sign the yeah, contract, yeah, and along with the contract is, like, a union email that says, like, oh, okay, now you're part of the union. Um, here's your, like, union contract with your, like, union employee book, and here are these links that you can click on. So it was, like, a seamless process. It wasn't this... Um, Long, I think really the, the, the more complicated process was actually the hiring. Getting into the union was like a day. I don't know if it was the same for you, Isaiah. Yeah, it was pretty seamless for me as well. Like, um, it was like pretty much as I was doing like my onboarding process, like I just kind of got like an email like, hey, so um, I get this uh, thing that uh, rhymes with a punion in an email. So um, yeah, if you, if you want, you know, check it out and do all that. And that was like a pretty quick sign up i think my onboarding probably took like i don't know four ish days maybe but i was also like i was onboarding but i also was like semi trying to pitch stuff at the same time so yeah definitely the union part was um a lot more like kind of like a seamless process to sort of get a part of that so then when it came to the you know the contract expiring and all that um and you both were pretty new. Um, how how did the process of like starting the strike and like you know telling everybody like hey we're doing this like I guess what was that like? Mm. Um, I can start. So my situation was like um a little weird because I had like I was in the middle of like re- my recovery period from uh, wisdom tooth uh, surgery. Like I got three out of my like four wisdom teeth removed, and like maybe. The second day in the process, um, one of my editors actually, like, called me up. was like, hey, um, hopefully things are going okay with you. Just wanted to, like, update you on things that were going on. It's like, yeah, so it's feeling like we're 
if like things don't work out with our bargaining stuff that we might go on strike and i'm like oh okay and i'm like i'm like not able to talk fully but i'm just like okay uh uh-huh understood and it was like um it's kind of a scary thing honestly because i'd one i was like long overdue to get the wisdom teeth removed in the first place and i was like getting a bit of run around with like um insurance and stuff like that in chicago to like be able to get it so i had to like go like an hour out of town to get the process done but um like i figured i have like for the first time in my fucking life like have insurance with this job and it covered a bit of it i still had to take like a 1500 dollar like hit um for that um uh for the surgery thing so it was like oh okay um like in the back of my head i was just like ah nice like um it was just like uh, a bit of a comedy of errors in my head of like of course like when i'm as soon as this is happening like um like the union um strike stuff would be happening but like they were just like letting me know like hey we know if like things are too tough I'm like no 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 like i'm about this so i was like on board with um doing the strike so when it came to reaching out to people i pretty much just looked at the like people i'm fortunate enough to like follow on twitter or, like follow me back there or, like either like influencer like people within the space or um like youtubers or anyone like that and i like just kind of like sent them a dm it's like hey things are going okay hey in case you didn't know here's like kind of uh, the situation happening over at my work um and it would mean a lot to me if you can like help sort of spread our message i like came kind of gave them like a bit of a rundown on like what our kind of demands were and like links to the um tweets that the um union uh posted just giving people updates and links to our gofundme so that was pretty much what um the getting started and getting the word out was for me for like the first couple of days of the strike yeah uh the whole process of organizing the strike happened really fast. I mean, as you saw, our contract expired on February 20. Well, I mean, technically, it expired on March 1st at 12.01 a.m. And then that same day, that Monday, we went on strike. Um, so it happened really fast. The organizing was really fast. But there was also, like Isaiah was hinting at, a lot of anxiety about what it would mean, how long it would last. A lot of people were new, you know. I was hired in September. Isaiah was brought on like a month or two before me. Um, We had people starting March 1st, for example. We had some people starting that day. We had a couple people starting two weeks before we went on strike. So it was a very tumultuous time in our slack and in the office and i imagine in all of the offices in the u.s as well but again like isaiah said we are all just here for it because it was when you think about how much money was raised and the demands that we were asking for and the requirements that we had to hit it was bullshit that we were sort of being uh dragged like that so jared how did you like what 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 i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this but just like you you ended up being like pretty involved in like the the public facing aspect (laughs) of the strike and like (laughs) that's pretty sick and i just like you were so new. Like, why? Why were you so brave? What? What was your? You, know, <laughs> were you just like pissed off. Like, what? Tell me. Talk to me about this. <laughs> okay, so here's the tea, right? Um, I 
I felt like I needed to do it. I don't know. It was, it was like this weird internal calling, like, and this sounds all like cliche and heroic and, you know, like, oh, look at him. He, he thinks he's all high and all this high and mighty. He's all good and shit. Like, no, really, I genuinely felt like I needed to put myself in front like that because I, I mean, obviously there's a selfish aspect to it because I am speaking. It's me. I'm, I'm trying to do this for myself, but I wanted to do it for everyone else too, for people like me who were forced to move from California all the way to New York for this job that could literally be done anywhere. I did, I started in September, but then didn't move to New York until October. So I, I did like three weeks remote in California. I don't understand why I had to move. I don't understand why we had to be here. I'm grateful to be here, but that kind of requirement prevents people like me, people of color, from getting into these editorial positions so that they can then grow and reach, you know, upper editorial levels like senior editors, editor in chief, etc. So it felt necessary. I was scared. You know, I spoke very frankly about my situation, about the debt that I'm in trying to get here. And even now I'm still kind of shaking thinking about it, but it, I just needed to be there. I needed to do that. I needed to be there. I needed to show support for all the people that, you know, had been standing next to me, all the new workers that were starting. Yeah, that's it. I just needed to be there. I mean, one that's like a very cool and, you know, I feel like powerful thing to experience, even though it sucks that you had to experience it. Um, yeah, it's, it sucked. Um, what, what about like organizing and stuff? Did you all learn from doing this? At least for me, um, one thing that I learned, at least um, since I was, again, more the man in the chair, I guess, kind of in the background that was just kind of like reaching out to people. One thing that I learned was one, I was, I guess, first off, I was like nervous to even reach out to people to like sort of ask like, hey, um, you like to spread the word for stuff, because a lot of the people that I reach out to were like people that I was like, you know, parasocial, like like mutuals with on twitter and i was like i'm not sure if i'm like gonna sound like an asshole to be like hey this is our first interaction can you please help um out like my place of work by like sort of spreading our union thing i wasn't sure whether like that would come off as like disingenuous as like a first thing to ask out of people so um for me it was just like at least making sure like i wanted to like just kind of do like a bit of a small talky thing first just not to like immediately be like hey i have a like i want to ask a favor of you as a thing when i was like trying to help spread the words like hey i hope your date's going well at least and like then going into like hey here's like kind of what our my situation is and if you like have the time or anything like that like anything that you do like would mean a lot so for me like the organization part that like kind of helped me was to at least like remember like um at the end of the day, people are people, and if you, like, want to, like, ask something of people, like, like, pretty much just, like, don't, like, just ask them of something and, like, don't, like, um, without, like, I don't know, trying to, like, treat them like a person instead of, like, a funnel to, like, get, like, help with something with, like, when it comes to that kind of a thing, so it was definitely, like, a moment where I was just, like, it was humbling at the same time as it was, like, very frightening to, like, try to, like, reach out to these people because I was, just, like, you guys have, like, 
Basset Fongs, and I'm just this, like, kid who's just been working at this place for, like, maybe, like, eight months, and, like, kind of asking a bit of a favor there, so it at least, um, I guess the lesson I learned there was to at least, like, stay humbled whenever things like this happen, um, just, I don't know. Um, don't like i guess conduct yourself on the internet like an asshole (laughs) (laughs) and usually i guess that helps out in the end because sometimes cool people will notice that and will want to like um see what you're about so that was mostly my thing i guess yeah that's true and that's actually a good takeaway like don't be an asshole essentially uh Hmm. i think for me like alexandra had it our senior editor alexandra halls uh wrote a like on the ground kind of report of what it was like being on the picket line. Uh, She's from California, but was flown out to New York to participate because she was, she's on the bargaining committee. So she had a line in there that was something like action, get shit done. And that's, that's exactly what I learned. Like if you want something you just got to do it sometimes. That's the only way things happen. If there was no way management was going to listen to us if we just like kept going back into the, you know, back to the bargaining table to have these back and forth exchanges that ended up stalling and going nowhere. And then we go our separate ways, come back this like groundhog day that repeats we needed to do something drastic to really get their attention. So, yeah, for me, it's action, get shit done. I feel like this is probably a pretty obvious answer, but would you all, like, recommend working in an organized workplace or, like, organizing your workplace? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yep, 100%. Because, like, a lot of times, like, and what I especially noticed, too, um especially during our time while we were on strike. Like, I, like, there was a lot of moments where, like, I, like, um, because I'm, like, working remotely um, right now, I, like, felt, like, a bit of a disconnect with, um, like, just because I'm, like, working primarily looking at, like, a Slack and, like, seeing, like, messages here and, here and there. But, like, while we were on strike, I feel like the, like, weird, like, um, I guess, offshoot of, like, uh, the strike, aside from, you know, getting a lot of our demands met was, like, bonding more with um coworkers and even like people at our sister sites um because like we had like moments where like aside from us just like organizing and like trying to figure out like how to get our um sort of our message out there was us just kind of like bonding over like say there's the dogs who were like out on the um strike uh picket line and there was like photos and all that getting shared or like there was like moments where like we were like union pubs who were at other yeah <laughs> yeah or we're, like, meeting up with people from, like, other um, publications to just kind of, like, talk, like, chatting back and forth throughout the day. And, like, people that I, like, one, like, I have, like, the mode of connection to, like, talk to them. But, like, we wouldn't have had that opportunity to, like, feel, I guess, more connected if we didn't have a union in the first place. And if we didn't all share that same passion to, like, fight for what we deserve um, as workers for um, our different organizations. So it was definitely, like... Also, like, a, a weird, like, closeness that I hadn't felt with anyone at work quite yet at that point um, during the strike. So that was, a, that was a nice benefit to being a strike with everyone. Yeah, Isaiah literally summed it up. Like, it, when you organize, you, you know, not only put pressure on management, but you also get to know people. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Especially because 
the your your union encompasses like all of geo media right it's not just like some of the sites yeah so we're um yeah yeah we're jezebel gizmodo jalopnik kotaku and the root the root yeah is there one more Um, I'm like thinking of other ones. I'm not sure if they're like part of part of it, but yeah, there might, there may or may not be one more, (laughs) but I know that there's those five. There are several, at least there are quite a few few members of this, of Mm. of this union. Um, But I mean, you know, for GMG union, right? Like that's just us. But then when you talk about, and cause go media also has deadspin. And a few other sites as well, but they're not yeah, like under the and stuff. But... Yeah, the Onion, but they're not under our union. They're all unionized, and they're under the same union umbrella, the Writers Guild of America East. But GMG Gizmodo Media Group is just those sites with Kotaku, Jezebel, and Gizmodo. And then you've got the Onion Union, which is like Deadspin and what the Onion, and I think like AV Club and stuff like that. They're still part of Go Media, but they're two separate unions. It gets really complicated. Huh. Weird. But, I mean, I guess probably sensical. I don't know, because I feel like different ones probably popped up at different times. And yeah, I think that's what it might have been. Especially because, like, these groups are always eating each other, so, like... Exactly. Yeah. There's at what point? <laughs> I, think I saw like some phrasing of it being like uh, a subsidiary, and I'm like, I'm only used to hearing like, like, a game, so I'm like, that's a little like, oh, like almost an overstated word for it, but it's almost like that, I guess. Subsidiary. Uh, I like that. <laughs> Just the big yakuza font. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Fifth branch of the Kotaku subsidiary. <laughs> The Kotaku ecosystem. Exactly. <laughs> the Kotaku verse. Oh mm. God. Um. Do you all like have any insight on like you? Not, you're not on the bargaining committee either of you, right? No. Nope. So did they like? Did they give you guys updates on like how that stuff was mm. going, or is that kind of just stuff that they keep within the committee? Oh, no, they're updating us every time. After every meeting, they let us know what happened. You know, even sometimes before they go into the meeting, they'll give us a little rundown of what they expect to talk about. Uh, They'll even ask for our opinion of what should be or shouldn't be included in, you know, talks with management. So we're very close. Obviously, we don't know everything since... I don't expect them to remember, like, quotes verbatim, but uh, they give us the general rundown of what's up all the time. So how do those conversations about, like, deciding what does and doesn't go to the management conversation go? Um, usually when um, the union kind of meets up and, like, we'll have, like, a moment where, like, we'll kind of, like, open the floor to just be like, okay, so what is, like, any questions if people want to, like, kind of ask, but, like... I want to like voice it like in like a voice chat or whatever but like be a moment where people can just kind of like ask questions and the people in the bargaining committee will like 
uh, read them out and kind of like run through like um, what their answers are or like what the kind of like projected kind of like what they expect like the answer or the reply would be to that kind of a thing and then the floor would kind of also just be open up to so what are the things that we want to fight for and how badly do we want to fight for those so, so we can prioritize like um, for the bargaining committee like what they like come back to management with and uh, their discussions and their like kind of deliberation kind of talks. Yeah, that's exactly how it happens. I guess, like, what was, like, a day on the picket line like? I know that there's that um, article from your uh, editor, and I will link that. But for those who are uh, impaired when it comes to reading, like I am. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The picket line was cold. Um, I mean, obviously, right? Because it's New York. We were in the heart of midtown manhattan and you know you've got those tall buildings so as the wind comes blowing through it's like a tunnel it shoots through super fast and it's brisk it's biting god damn it it's so cold but apart from freezing to death on the picket line walking in circles for hours um the picket itself the energy is what kept us going we were so cold, a lot of us shivering, so cold like we couldn't even chant anymore because our throats were so scratchy from both raising our voices but also just the cold going down our, our throats. Folks were, you know, energized, they were frustrated, we, there were a lot of jokes, there was a lot of laughing. There was a lot of walking because, of course, we were just walking in one circle in front of the Go Media office uh, in Manhattan, chanting things like, uh, you know, what do we want? A fair contract. When do we want it now? Um, Over and over, banging on, you know, these big, huge water gallon or water jugs, you know, like for a water cooler with like sticks and spatulas making as much noise as possible. That's the best way to describe it. Cold, noisy, but energized. That sounds cool and also hard because I Mm. don't like being cold. Oh my god. Let me tell you, it was it was goddamn hard. Like people, you know so we were on the picket line from nine to six, like a regular work shift. There it was split into three hour increments and folks were asked to sign up for at least two shifts, right? Just to maintain the energy throughout the day and keep pressure on management. So for me, I went really early. I did the 9 a.m. shift. That's like 9 to noon and then noon to 3. So I was 9 to 3. And my God, by the end of the week, what voice? What vocal cords? (laughs) (sighs) Shit, couldn't even, couldn't even like, like, like it was just like mm. air, like dust coming out of my mouth. I couldn't even speak. So, what was it like when the bargaining committee like told you all that you had won? Uh, you want to take that, Isaiah? Uh, mine's kind of funny because I was like, um, so I'd gotten the news kind of late because uh, by that point I was just like, um. 
I think I made plans to like it was like uh what was it Sunday like what afternoon when that had happened when we got the news. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like out watching Batman. <laughs> so I'd like I'd like come back and I'd like watch Batman in like a 40x experience which was like a whole thing. I'm probably going to write a thing about it. But uh um, Yes. I, Kotaku.com like, yeah, for that. I, I'd like uh come back. I like saw like a bunch of like messages on my phone like oh shit. And I was like oh shit. And like I'd like saw everyone's like message like maybe like two hours after the news broke i'm like oh cool like i was like really delayed reaction to it because i was like obviously coming down from like nearly a three-hour movie from that and just to kind of like clear my palate a bit from just like staring at a like screen in my like um studio apartment trying to like um retweet stuff for the um strike stuff and all that so it was like at one like it was overwhelming, like a, like a big hit, because I was like walking out of the theater when I saw that, and I was like one ecstatic, and I was like looking at everyone's reactions to it, and for me, it was just like the biggest weight off my shoulders because a lot of us were like wondering, like, well, how long is oh do we think this is gonna go? And the first week had already just been like we were all like we all had a lot of energy, but we were also like um tired like just yeah tired bogged down oh my gosh so i like it got to a point where i was like one day i don't think like i think for like three days out of our like the end of the week i hadn't really got out of bed even i was just doing like all the stuff i could do from like my home like just from my bed just like laptop and and lap as it were just doing all that and so it was yeah it was just exhausting so for that to just for one, us to just speed run a strike essentially for like a week was very just like one. It was very cathartic just because our message has gotten out there. We've got a lot of support from like people online and like people like in New York, from what I saw at least, from like people like helping out and like doing like TikTok like things from like the Starbucks. I think I saw some guy from Starbucks. So it was like um, giving everyone a shout out in there and stuff there. So like it was like one very humbling just to like know that our message got out there. Management like you know had no choice but to notice that and that we reached um like our demands like pretty quickly was yeah yeah i was weighed off the shoulders because i was like i'm not uh, it was a lot of pressure even going into the strike because there was like um i wrote a piece about like the black voice actors in anime and i was like trying to make sure i got it out before I was like, I'm pretty sure we're gonna go on strike the next day and it won't be black history month anymore so i'm like i had like an added pressure like get stuff out but I also was like, I have other stuff I really want to write, but I don't want to, like, I don't know, obviously don't want to scab or whatever. But like, oh, man, like, a lot of us were just, like, we had, like, a lot of conversations while we were striking. Where we were like, oh, man, we could have written about this today. Uh, we could have written about that today. So a lot of us were, like, still had, like, blogs on the brain. So for a lot of us, it was, like, just very relieving, one, to know that we can return back to the jobs that we love. And two, just to know that we can do that while being like getting the um type of respect and like the type of um sort of like benefits and things that we deserve to continue doing our jobs. Yeah, exactly. It was like the best feeling ever, you know. Uh we were all in online, right? We were all on Slack because it was a Sunday and no one we weren't allowed to pick it on Sunday since or over the weekend since it's not like management would be there anyway. Um, and when we got the, the news, you know, it was just a lot of like all caps messages, like <laughs> from everyone in the union, it was an all caps message and it was so cool being some, 
being part of something so historic because Gawker Media, you know, before it was splintered off into GMG and Go Media, uh, was the first digital media shop to unionize. And now we were the first, not only the first digital media shop to unionize, but the first digital media shop to do an open-ended strike and win. That's crazy. It was just a mm. bomb-ass day. Yeah, I have to imagine that feels very, very good to just be able to tick that W. Yeah, that's like the bit, like, bold that shit. That's like a huge W. <laughs> <laughs> All caps. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking, you know, 24 font, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, did you all do anything to celebrate? Um, Alcohol. I watched wrestling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I would say more than usual, honestly, but I, um, like... After I'd like gotten the news, like me and my friends would already like kind of made plans to watch wrestling, but there was a little bit more pep to the step in alcohol ordered because <laughs> like, oh yeah, shit, this happened. So watch some bomb ass um AEW Revolution. Uh saw some cool stuff. But yeah, uh did that to celebrate. Yeah, actually I don't remember what I did to celebrate. Um I just know that I st- Stayed home. Probably played Elden Ring. Oh! Okay, no, I lied. Oh. My, <laughs> my partner actually just reminded me uh, that we ended up walking around our neighborhood. I think that night I came home and played a bunch of Elden Ring. But uh, we ended up walking around our neighborhood. You know, we got the news. It was amazing. And we went to a nice restaurant and had a really good burger. And it was bomb. Uh yeah it was really good so that's what we ended up doing just celebrating with my partner and um video games really good burger fuck yeah good burger good burger (laughs) that's the ultimate celebration iml Mm. um is there anything else like about the strike or anything else related to you know the the week of y'all dealing with that that you want to like put out there or talk about yeah uh if i can get on a soapbox for like half a second um it's really disappointing for me to be like one of maybe three or four black people who were at the picket line not I'm disappointed in, like, the community or anything, but I'm frustrated with management's inability to hire people of color, and that's exactly why I got on that stage that Friday to just talk my shit, because it's these restrictive requirements, these, you know, you gotta relocate if you want to get this job, um... You have to come into the office if you want to keep this job. It bars people talented folks from other parts of the United States, shit, maybe even other parts of the world from coming to and developing these, what I think are really cool websites. So I just wish that, or I guess I hope that through us winning this contract, it gives people of color a better opportunity to 
reach these heights because there aren't enough of us. There weren't enough of us. And for me, um, I noticed that definitely um, while we were striking, one thing that I noticed was this, like, how a lot of, like, there's, like, the minority in the readership who will just be like, oh, well, we didn't really know you were gone. Or, like, well, we can just read over here and things like that. Like, the thing that um, I'd at least like to put out there is that what I noticed, especially when we announced that, like, um, that our strike was successful. Like, I'm just, like, I was seeing people from, like, different publications and things like that that were, um, like, celebrating, like, us and, like, uh, showing out in solidarity for us. And one thing that I guess I wanted to stress was that um, I, I know how, like, it's it feels archaic to me, the argument of, like, well, like, this publication versus that publication, like, the whole SEO thing or, like, which page got more views for whichever thing. But for me, like, at the end of the day, like, that those stuff, like that stuff never really matters like to me which um to me mostly what matters is just the work and like the people who are allowed to do the work and so like i feel like um i'm gonna you have to forgive me there's gonna be a wrestling analogy here um <laughs> like i feel like wrestling here is for only it. good when yeah no i feel like wrestling is only good like you can do like the whole like wwe is bad but aew is good type of thing and, like that can like be the like the hill you die on or whatever like that but for um like i feel like wrestling is only good when everyone's benefiting from it if there's like one like company that's like slacking and like people feel like well there's no hope for this company wow they're just gonna go off and die but then we still at least have like these other options i feel like just like in that same way like i do about wrestling i feel that same way about like games like media and like uh, games journalism no one benefits if like some of us aren't so as long as we're able to and uh, able and willing to help each other out, then not only will the work be better, but everyone who's doing the work would feel better and feel more welcome in the space as well. Yep. And then last thing for me, piggybacking off of Isaiah, because I feel like that's also directed at readers. Um, like, okay, look, Kotaku readers, look, listen, listen, y'all. I know y'all don't like us. That's fine. You don't have to read us. But don't, you know, celebrate us losing our jobs. It's so sad that people revel in the fact that management was trying to fuck us over. Like, the, this is our work. This is our jobs. This is what we do for a living to maintain the roofs over our heads and the foods on our table. Like, I'm not out here cheering for you know gamers to lose their jobs even though a lot of them get on my damn nerves I, and i'm certainly not i i think i hate elden ring but i'm not like oh i wish from software would just like go out of business it's their work so i just wish that people would remember that it's okay to not like something and if you don't like it you don't have to engage with it but don't demand that that person then lose their income simply because you don't like them yeah i don't have anything insightful to add to that um i think that's gonna do it for us for this episode thank you both for coming and hanging out with me and talking about all of this i appreciate you taking no, the time on on this saturday yeah totally oh, thanks it was, for having us it's a lot of fun love to do it again <laughs> for sure um jerry where can people find you to read your stuff and all of that well, obviously, Kotaku.com. Uh, make sure you check out all the stories that are over there. Lots of lots of really cool stuff happening this weekend for sure. But me, specifically, uh, at 
underscore PBNJER, J-E-R, just about everywhere, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can follow me. How about you, Isaiah? Yeah, and for me as well, you can find me on Kotaku.com. I'm probably going to write some some things about anime occasionally, maybe some things about wrestling, but mostly things about video games. Um, you can also find me on the socials, um, and it's like an onomatopoeia of my name, so it's uh, E-Y-E-Z-E-H-U-H-H, pretty much uh, everywhere. I, I keep that branding tight. <laughs> you got to <laughs> keep the branding tight. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Knockout is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at UppercutCrit and UppercutCrit.com. If you'd like to hang out with the Uppercut crew, feel free to join our Discord server. As always, the link is in the episode description. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you just can't get enough, you can head on over to Patreon.com slash UppercutCrit and toss a couple bucks our way to get it early or even get your name read at the end, just like these folks here. Santi Laguiza, Justin Drew, 3rd Avenue Anti-Capitalist, Katie Mayer, Cody Peters, JT, Matt Burr, Jordan Ramey, Dale, Chris, Jesse Vitelli, Adept7777, Optional Objectives, Kenneth Shepard, Lucas Lyon, Eliza Tantivy, Adrian Arock-Williams, Matthew Flowers, Andrew Sherman, Colton Crow, Jesse Peterson, O'Kayla, Jared Shu, Cam Kodak, Quentin Hoffman, and Mikey Phillips. Thank you all so much for your generosity, and thank you, listener, for knocking out another episode. Bye!